Welcome to Art of Investing, a podcast that asks business professionals about their journey to success and how they invested their time in the process. I'm Dylan Huang. And I'm Kyle Wong. We are both sophomores at Monta Vista High School in Cupertino, California. Our guest on the Art of Investing podcast today is Miss Marine Lee, a seasoned veteran in the semiconductor capital equipment industry that has been working at Applied Materials since 1998. During her career, she started as a senior manager and climbed the corporate ladder to reach her current role as head of corporate revenue for the Santa Clara branch. If our conversations and content interest you, please follow our Spotify and Google podcast. Now, without further ado, let's get started with episode two of Art of Investing. Hello, Miss Lee. Thank you Hello. so much for taking the time to conduct this interview with us today. It's an honor to have you as the second guest of the podcast that is aimed at providing insights and inspirations to teens in the Bay Area. To begin, may I request that you provide a brief background of your career in the financial industry, along with why you decided to settle as the head of corporate revenue at the, in the semiconductor industry. All right. And first of all, thanks for inviting me. It's my honor to be speaking to uh, this group of students. They are, you are all our future, so I really appreciate the opportunity and thank you. Um, so uh, maybe a little bit background. Um, I'm Maureen Lee. I'm working for Prime Materials. Like you mentioned, I'm the head of the corporate revenue group. Um, so um, I have been uh, um, in, in the state for the last 30 years. I came to U.S. from Hong Kong studying, uh, getting my business um, uh, degree and business school. And... Um, I have been working for a few companies, including uh, PIPO company shortly and uh, Unisys Corporation. And then I have been with Applied Materials for the last 25 years, which is quite a long time. Uh, older, much older than the folks here on the call. Um, so um, I don't know whether you guys are familiar with Semiconductor or Silicon Valley. So um, Semiconductor is like the grandfather of the industry. So you probably heard that you have Semiconductor first and then um, you probably have tele telecommunication like Cisco. And, and then before that uh, or after that is the internet, right? So, um, and like in the 60s or 70s, there's a huge thrust of talent from everywhere to this valley with um, a great school, right? Berkeley, Stanford. And there was a lot of emphasis on uh, semiconductor. And there's a one material which is key to semiconductor is silicon. And that's where the valley name, right? Silicon Valley, because of the silicon material that is being actually very much in advanced stage at that time. So kind of background on semiconductor um, industry, and I'm not sure how much you're familiar with that, but uh, one couple of names that probably you heard about, like Intel, right? Intel inside the laptop, right? So that is um, the, the, the chip itself. So what um, applied materials do is a semiconductor uh, semi equipment, meaning we actually have a huge equipment that we manufacture chips. So um, the size of a equipment can be as big as a subway. So look at you go to buy a subway, right? The store. One equipment is basically the store size. And one, another part that we have is the whole size of a, of a, a bas basketball court. So it's a huge equipment that we are selling. And of course the price wise pretty um, high as well, right? So, um, and, and then the customer buy, like say uh, any chip 
um, manufacturer, right? They would get the tool and they would use this huge equipment to cut down into the small wafer and then the size of the chip and put it into like laptop, uh, smart TV, automobile, software. So a lot of different things that um, you need to have a chip on. And with the increasing um, importance of software right, right now, cloud, IoT, all those, it's more important that the company have the hardware, including the chip ready to be competitive. So uh, it's getting, although the Isanet Semiconductor is like grandfather of the Silicon Valley, but it's actually the foundation of the technology. And that's why when software, all those IoT go higher and higher, machine learning capabilities, all this, drive, drive a lot of demand for semiconductors. So kind of the background regarding the industry. And uh, like I said, right, I start off with a couple of other high-tech company. And then uh, I was very fortunate to be able to join Applied Materials, which is another um, advice that I always tell people I interview is, um, it would be always good to be joining a company which has a headquarter in where you locate. So in Silicon Valley, say for example, a primary two is the headquarter, meaning you have a lot of resources in here. You have a lot of opportunities in this company to be doing all different kinds of roles that you, you would like to join, right? So um, going back to my career in Apply, I have been in, um, involved in many different roles, including uh, manufacturing, um, global financial analysis, uh, business unit, uh, division, um, the whole PL, the whole profit and loss statement. You can you can look at the different line, right? Like now I look at like revenue line, right? But you before I was looking at say inventory, cost of sales, uh, raw material. So it's a lot of different uh, places you can be. I was also in internal audit. Um, I was also in um, external reporting. So it was a lot of opportunity for someone to do different different things in a um, in the organization, especially if you have a presence um, in the headquarters. So that's something that I think I find it very uh, rewarding um, and also uh, very fortunate that I have the opportunity to be uh, doing different things as well. Your fruitful career and uh, description of the history of Silicon Valley was um, really cool and amazing to hear about. Uh, now we're going to delve in a bit deeper and ask a series of field specific and career development related questions. So uh, the second question we have is, based on your senior level career, uh, what are the top three skills or traits that you believe that high school students should acquire earlier in our life and be prepared for in the challenge of the digital age and a dynamic global economy in the 21st oh. century? Mm -hmm. Uh, the first thing in my mind would be resilience. So it's, I think it's not just about career from what I see. It's about uh, being an individual, being a person, right? So um, life is going to be not like easy, right? It's always up and down. And you probably find a lot of uh, difficult and challenging time, which is part of a normal life. Like now we're dealing with COVID, right? Um, you have, um, and we, and 2020 is a year of like anything can happen, right? So being able to take responsibility and to try to find something positive, positive about the situation, no matter what the situation is, is very, very important um, to your career and to as a person. Um, and, and, and I think, again, right, a lot of things we cannot cut down like um, 
work, career versus life, because actually it's all related. One thing affects the other one. So this will be the first one um, I, I, will, I will recommend people to really, really um, um, look into that and develop that because that will help you now and in the future to be able to bounce back when life is become difficult, right? Or work become difficult or when you feel, you know, careerized, right? You're stuck, um, but don't give up, right? You need to really, really help yourself to get back up. Um, the second thing I would say is um, confidence. So um, you can see people who are very smart, but when they are lack of confidence, it really affect the performance, the communication, the presentation and the perception. So able to, accept yourself who you are and try to push yourself to do something, try new things, right? Try different things and uh, try to go break through your own comfort zone because once you break through, you, you probably, no matter what is the result, you probably will feel a lot more comfortable or a lot more sure about yourself uh, because of what you have gone beyond what you were today. So, um, that is one thing that I think is very important to focus on. Focus on the effort, but don't focus on the outcome. I, you probably heard a lot of time that we say, hey, you will, a lot of things out of your con control, right? Which is pretty very true. A lot, a lot of things that is um, not really under our control. And in that case, how can you get yourself back on track and be able to focus on yourself? And... Um, and gain your confidence that will have a long-term effect on yourself and your career as well. So that's the second thing. The third thing I would say is empathy. Try to put yourself into other people's shoes um, to build connection with other people and, um, and, and to get alliance. So at work, even at school, I think it's important that you have a network. You have people that support you and able to not only echo, but also give you feedback on the thinking. And also um, you, be, you become also a good business partner. Um, empathy is not just like being uh, very soft. It's like, sound like very soft, but empathy is also more like psychologically. How do you relate to other people? So if you look at um, a lot of business, right? Business case, it's almost like triangle. You need to have resources your budget, your people, right? Be there. And you also need to have technology. And the other corner of the triangle is actually, I would say, psychology. How do you put, connect with other people? How do you influence other people? How can you make people believe in you and listen to you? So all these all work together um, to make things better and also to be able to... Um, to have a better business case for you and uh, external customer or internal customer or your peers or your stakeholders or your business partner is very important that you actually see from their perspective. So that is what I would call out the top three in my mind for high school students to look at, to develop. Okay. You mentioned how a lot of times everything, one little thing affects another thing. It's pretty much a chain reaction. Could you mm -hmm. kind of provide an example of how that's happened before in your professional career? So um, one thing is, um, so I, I, I'm a CPA, right? Say for example. So um, 
but I didn't go to big four. My background is I went to corporate finance YRA, right? So I didn't really go big four. So, um, but at one point, um, California actually opened up for uh, uh, people who didn't go through public accounting background to be a certified public accountant. So um, I came across that when I was doing some reading and I found that, well, that's interesting. Why don't I try? And then when I, it, it's actually kind of out of my comfort zone because I'm in corporate finance, right? I, I passed all my CPA exam before I graduated from my, uh, from my business school, but I never really picked up on that where I'm more focused on corporate finance. And now I'm like, well, maybe it's good that I try to, you know, get some experience and get that qualified, right? So I actually, um, initiate meeting with um, uh, my, my boss, right? And then I actually interviewed with some other team regarding my uh, proposal is, hey, can I have a rotation among different group to get enough different hours, like external reporting, internal audit, um, so that I can get not just the paper, I want to really get the experience on more accounting side um, to, to enhance my development. And, and then at the end of the day, I'm I was the first one ever get certified within the company. And now I'm helping others to certify because you need someone to sign off, right? And kind of coach other people. So that was one thing. And that leads to um, kind of go, go to the route, right? From more corporate uh, business unit base. I'm now moving to more corporate technical accounting world because of uh, related to that as well, because now I push out myself to a different, so more technical accounting. And then I find, yeah, I, I was able to do that. And I like it. So I keep going different area. Like I went to, like I said, I, I did go to external reporting. I went to global internal audit. And then now I go to revenue accounting, which is actually more like the technical accounting side of it. Um, and, and, and that's how one thing leads to another as well is you need to really get out of your comfort zone. And then you need to kind of be bold, right? To talk to your um, um, manager to, on your proposal. And, and again, uh, it's very lucky and uh, we, I really respect my manager at that time as, as well as because they really support new idea, they support development, and it's basically the core value of the company as well to support um, people development and enhance employee uh, opportunity. So all this comes through and when you look back, it seems like you can connect the dot like from uh, A to B, how you get there. Uh, so. Uh, so that is my story on that. Yes, how you listen from your description, you talked about how you stepped out of your comfort zone. You had a lot of development for your connections. And I see that this really helped you be more qualified to give empathy to others and spread your expertise. So all these traits you listed about resilience, confidence, and being able to focus more on the outcome while building connections are very valuable for seniors in high school who are selecting their majors and all of us prospective students. We really appreciate your inputs. You're welcome. The third question we have is based on your past experience and expertise in the financial industry, what are the top three career paths or professions you would recommend high school students to invest their time in to gain a knowledge or a head start and why? You know, this is a very interesting question. Um, I don't know whether you guys would like the answer. My answer is actually um, do what you like to do. I, I don't really call out like which uh, career path or profession. I think it's really important that you do what you like to do 
or you do what you are good at, or you do both. At the end of the day, um, you need to be a happy person. Um, and at the end of the day is, you need to be doing something you enjoy. Otherwise, you, if, even though you are good at, you, if you don't enjoy it, you wouldn't last long and you wouldn't excel, right? If you look at uh, all the different professions, if you, you are really doing what you want and you put the energy in, you always will be the top of the, the game in the profession. And every profession has elite. It's really dependent on the individuals, how you excel and how you really see yourself, look at yourself and tell yourself, be honest, right? Don't, I know now a lot of people want to do computer science, say for example, right? But if you don't like it, even though say if you're very good at coding, but for some reason you don't like it, you really need to think about really, is it where you want to go? If you like it, but you don't will, you're not very good at it, actually, you can still try to, from my perspective because, because you like it, you push yourself and you will become good. So um, I think that's how I would look at it instead of like specific path. We need to be honest to ourselves. What will make you happy? What you would be something that you're passionate on? And also um, a lot of things is timing, right? You need to look at forward looking. What you think the profession today everybody like it, may not be the profession five, 10 years down the road. So if I look back, right, 10 years ago, I, 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 I know someone who, who tried to get into computer science at that point, like 10 years ago, and it's maybe not many people at that point is so uh, into it. So he liked it, he, he got in, no, disregarding what people say. And today he's doing really well and he really enjoyed that, right? So, um, so that's one example is, um, you really need to know about yourself and pick the profession that you believe you would be interested in and you will enjoy that so that you will push yourself more. That's a very insightful response. Um, as for high schoolers like us now, there's like so many things we wanna check out and go into, but it's almost like we don't have enough time. And with so many different factors now, um, especially during COVID, I feel like us high schoolers have had a lot of time to consider what career we want to go into. But uh, as have I, and I know many of my friends, we still find it very difficult to settle on one career. So uh, could you share your story on what you loved as a child and how you decided what career path you, you would go down when you were in high school? Okay, so when I was in high school, I always want to be a journalist. Um, so my, my background, a little bit more, right? So I always want to be a journalist. Um, I want to, I like, you know, something like being fair, true, true, and, and, um, and be upfront, right? Like if you are reporting news, you're always to the fact, right? The truth, and you're always the first one who know. So I was fortunate when I graduated, I, I went to, I actually studied communications. Um, and after I graduated, I became a journalist for um, um, an English newspaper in Hong Kong. So I actually worked a couple of years in Hong Kong before I joined business school. Um, and I, I did uh, actually business reporting. So it's kind of, again, right, one thing to another. I was, I like journalists. And then I, instead of doing like the, the, the news, right, right um, um, uh, court news, whatever news, I, I actually picked business news. And then since I picked business news, I know more about like the business world, all those. And then I decide to pursue further education. And I decide, okay, I've done my, my, my years in journalism and I decided to go to US and get my MBA. 
And then when I did my MBA, that's why I encountered more business world. And then I decided to be in corporate finance. So, um, <laughs> so it's a lot to your point, right? A lot of time you think you want something, which when you do it, it's great. And then you find out, oh, maybe that's something even more close to what I want to do. Then you can't change your direction. But does that mean it doesn't help your career? Probably not because I probably am on my peer, I probably the one that who are more vocal, more expressive and more inquisitive and maybe the background because of my journalism background. So um, I would say the people I met at work in finance, a lot of them may not be totally studying like accounting or you know, typical finance. Some of them actually engineering background and some of them are uh, biology background, say for example. So um, it's all different um, uh, background people and then they, 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 they find the, the way to the finance. And then all of this add up, right? Because like engineering background actually end up they're really familiar with the technology of the high-tech company, which actually very good, very well added to the company because they are going to integrate the product. They understand the product well, well, and understand the market well, well, and then they combine the business knowledge and which really help to drive a lot of different analysis for the company. So um, you don't necessarily need to be very narrow. Um, in, in, in fact, to be more dynamic, have more broader knowledge, actually will help you a lot as well. Yeah, that's actually really cool and interesting how you applied your values into like what career you wanted to do. And I know uh, journal journalism actually does relate to finance and accounting. And I'm pretty sure you gained a lot of experiences on how to build relationships, whether it was with editors or publishers. And it probably helped you develop a very meticulous work ethics and habits. And that ended up with a chain reaction into where you are now in the financial industry. Uh, I hope this journey will help aspiring high schoolers like us to trust our values and to trust what comes in life to lead us down our eventual career path. So uh, for our next question, you must have seen the many struggles of generating revenue or profits among various great companies in Silicon Valley and managed many successful product launches in your career. So uh, after witnessing the difficulties of these companies, what are your top three pieces of advice for high school students on things or mistakes to avoid when going into the business or uh, financial industry? Um, so I actually like mistakes. I actually encourage people, you know what, make mistakes early on, early on. So it's very important. Don't, don't hesitate to make mistakes. It's actually good. You, you can be bold, make mistakes, but make sure that you have a boundary, right? You need to know that there's a boundary you cannot step over, but within a boundary, go try there's nothing there's nothing wrong nothing can go wrong unless you don't know how to stop that's why you need a boundary right so so from what i would suggest is try follow your passion and try what you think is the right thing and even if you think oh it's wrong but learn it learn from the lessons you're still young you can get back up and do it again right not for that's why i say earlier don't, don't try to do something um, too drastic later on because you may not have the time to fix it, right? So my advice is don't stop trying. I, I, I know it's kind of funny that I keep thinking, I, think, I, I like what Steve Jobs say, right? <laughs> stay hungry, stay foolish. 
sometimes you really need to be a little bit like that. You need to really, you know, if you think too much, oh, I, I shouldn't do this, I do this. But sometimes you really need to follow your, your intuition. And if you make mistake, that's fine. Come back, right? Fix it. Do, do something different and keep trying. There's nothing wrong with being making mistake in a high school student, but not, but not saying that making mistake like, oh, I, I don't study and, and I, I have such a bad GPA, I can't go to a good school, right? So that's why you, you need to have a boundary. But after you set your boundary, then push yourself. Try different things, right? Don't, 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 don't be afraid. And, and tell yourself, you make mistake, you learn from it. And also be present. So um, try to engage with your life here. Enjoy your high school life uh, and make your friends because the friends you make today, it probably is your friends for the next 30, 40, 50 years and probably one of your best friends in the future. So um, I highly recommend be present, enjoy the friendship. I know it's hard for COVID, but um, I can see you guys are doing a great job, you know, coordinate each other and do this team is amazing. And, um, and, and, and when you look back, right, you will remember, oh, I have such a great high school life, right? When you look back 10, 20 years later, you wouldn't remember your GPA. You remember, oh yeah, I had this fun time with my friend managing a cup together and how much we learn from it and how much influence we can get to our peers. So be present. Um, and, and at the same time, like I said, you need to have boundary and be focused. Stay focused on what you're doing now um, and also stay focused on your future. Meaning, yeah, you make mistakes, but don't worry. What you worry about should be, what is my future? Focus, focus on what future will bring you. And then keep yourself focused on what you're doing today. I saw some people, you know, they waste their time because they can never focus. They don't know what they're going to do in the future. They, don't, they, they are not engaging for the present as well. They worry too much. They can't remember the present. So um, th that is something that I would highly encourage everyone, high school student, is um, be present, knowing who you are you know, today with. Uh, know those people. Know what you, you have. Try to remember all the good stuff, right? And appreciate what you have. And, um, and make mistake. Don't worry about it. That now is the young age you can make mistake. Yes, I'll make sure to know when to make mistakes and how to get back up from there. Yeah, it's a technique here. Yes. So from what you've seen throughout your career, what are a couple of situations where it's kind of not appropriate and wasn't the best idea for someone to follow their intuition? Um, like, like I said, I, I think you need to have um, uh, a boundary, meaning you need to have a good value system. You need to, that is something that not today, it should be starting very young age, right? What are the basic values you have in life? And those are the boundary. And, and once you have those, you can say, okay, I would like to try this, although many people say I may fail, or many people say it's a bad idea, right? So say, you say, I maybe organizing this club, right, in school. Because some people say, ah, nah, it's already a lot of similar club, you know, uh, or, oh, no, no, both people wouldn't like it, right? You might get that kind of noise. But if you say, hey, I think that's really a niche club that people would like. And um, you know what? If end up is not very popular or it doesn't go well, 
so what? I learn from it. I, maybe I open another club or I do something different or I improve it, right? Migrate into another stage of the club. So um, that, that will be how I would, I would say, I would encourage people to do. So um, hope I answer your question as an example. Yes, it actually did. So you mentioned how we have to make our mistakes, being able to get back from like mistakes and just keep on trying and always be in the present and don't dwell on the past. So in the future, I will definitely watch out and make sure I don't make some of these faux pas. <laughs> so based on your LinkedIn profile, um, you mentioned that you speak both Chinese and English fluently. Could you share how being bilingual affects your opportunities in the financial industry and more specifically your role at Applied Materials? Um, I would say, you know, Silicon Valley is pretty interesting because you do have a lot of people bilingual, especially, right? Um, um, Chinese and English is quite, um, quite a lot. So um, I wouldn't say it's anything too special. I would say I can relate to more culture um, so that I can understand better and have more um, respect on um, different culture and different way of communication or presentation or um, um, handling um, different scenario. Um, I wouldn't say it's anything particularly uh, special um, given that, I mean, again, I think we are in a valley that with quite a, quite a bit of people who has these uh, characteristics. But I would say I I would say it's good to have multiple language because it makes you um, able to connect to people uh, better and more appreciation of different culture. Well, uh, Mrs. Lee, uh, thank you for sharing all of your experiences and advice. We owe you a huge thank you uh, to you for joining our podcast. And we hope your insight will answer any questions aspiring business leaders and uh, aspiring business leaders and high schoolers looking into the financial industry have. One quick question I had about your last answer. How much do you think like cultural influences and like being able to understand all the cultures and pretty much your coworkers, how much do you think that has to do with success in a, like a business and professional environment? I think it's important for both uh, uh, business environment and for uh, personal, right? I think we need to, uh, we should, I think when you know, just like anyone, right? You know someone better, it's better for you to be able to um, understand what is more effective communication. So being understand the culture, you make you more appreciate the different culture. At the same time, you also enhance um, the way that you can um, express or the way that you can work with others because different culture, different way, right? I guess like even myself, right? Maybe I'm, I'm, I talk a lot, but some other people, not just the culture, just the person can be more quiet, right? So you would learn, okay, by, since I know I'm more vocal, I should try to pause and say, hey, what do you think? Is there any other uh, option that we should think about? So to initiate the talk for other people to be, give you feedback, not just you talk, right? So, so that kind of thing is, I think, not that's, it's like culture or different personality. It's all kind of mingled together to look, up, to look at, but it's more like, again, like going back to the point is try to think how other people think. That would really help on the communication and uh, facilitate the discussion.
Okay. I think that that would pretty be pretty helpful in a lot of environments, especially a collaborative environment like how you're in. Thank you again for joining us today on the podcast and offering your expertise to us. We hope to see you again in the future. Thank you. You're Thank well you. welcome. Thank you both. It's excellent uh, discussion and happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. This is Kyle. And this is Dylan. Presented by Art of Investing. That's it for now. If you enjoyed today's episode, follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts under Art of Investing. Until next time.